podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap, Neil Atkinson here, and the Anfield Wrap is brought to you by The Athletic. We are in partnership with them across the rest of the season. Fantastic coverage. I went through about nine articles this morning finding out what was going on elsewhere in the league. Uh, short version, everyone's crap apart from us. Uh, and it is available at theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap if you want to sign up. Uh, please do so if you've been thinking about it. It is genuinely worth doing. Loads of interesting bits and pieces on there. Uh, I very much enjoyed the breaking down of why Manchester City may well be breaking down uh, so it is the Anfield Rap. Sorry, it is theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap. Uh, with me for our show, I've got Ian Ryan, I've got Jay McKenna, I've got Siobhan Begain, and I have got Mr. Rob Gutman. Uh, what a weekend, Jay McKenna. I've done the maths. I went through the history books. It's the best weekend of domestic football from a Liverpool perspective since the fourth round of the FA Cup in 2001 when Tramia beat Everton. United lost with Bartes' hand up to West Ham, and we went to Leeds and scored two goals in the last five minutes. I've done it. I went right the way through and went, it's the best one since well, then. Well, aside from the fact that I haven't done my own work like you, evidently, have um I'll just have to concur um but it is one of them where you just come away and you think you know what I I it, aside from all the other things I, I look I was talking to someone before in work about about our performance on Saturday and there's 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 things in that where people say that's why teams win titles you know I I looked at that and I was thinking oh my god we looked knackered thinking oh my god James Madison looks absolutely knackered I'm surprised he could score a goal because uh, he couldn't run anymore but you, you you come away from that and you think okay the pool have come through done what they needed to do to get their results and then everything else just falls for you uh, and and it's moments like that where you know it will those players might be feeling tired might be thinking you know we've lost a little bit of, bit of creativity we're not quite at the level we can be at and then thinking to themselves but we're still much much better than everybody else in this league and that's not a bad thing uh, for them to, to reflect on for the next two weeks it's well I was about to say Ian Ryan it is a great great way to go into an international break it's an unbelievable way to go into an international break it's, it's the stuff dreams are made of and you know, I concur with what Jay was saying there. I mean, Liverpool's results obviously huge. Um, and I think because it wasn't on the TV, there's this narrative flying around um, across various media platforms that Liverpool were lucky on the day uh, and just about through pure luck, through getting the, the bounce of the ball, they got the win. When in, in reality, Liverpool were far superior to Leicester. We dominated them for, for large parts of the game. The manager talks about reducing Leicester to virtually nothing, and we see that. Um, you know, testament to, to him and his tactics in terms of what he does. Um, testament to the defence. You know, the line's a little bit deeper, so it's not really allowing those spaces for Vardy to run to. But it's a, it's a really good performance, and it is the performance of potential champions. Because I think one of the things that I'm really enjoying, and I don't think Man City have got this same ability at the minute, is that. We can win different football matches in lots of different ways. This might be one of the best teams, certainly across my lifetime, for solving problems on the pitch. We solve problems on the pitch all the time. And we are now in a place where we can just win lots of different football matches in lots of different ways. And that's unbelievable to see. Uh, Siobhan, everyone got what they deserved, which often doesn't happen across the weekend, and that yeah. also includes Liverpool. Everybody got what they deserved in the end. Wolves deserved to beat Manchester City, <laughs> therefore Manchester City deserved to lose that game. Newcastle deserved to beat Manchester United. Obviously Everton deserved to get beat. Everybody got what they deserved. Yeah. Most of all, Liverpool is insane. It wasn't a lucky win. My favourite thing about the weekend was how it happened in layers, and how it starts as with Tottenham, which is not that bothers both. But, but it, it's nice. And they deserve you know, to get sweet, isn't it? You know, yeah. if, if you, no you, you, yeah, you're off to your Saturday <laughs> with a bounce, aren't you? Right. And then there's no better win than a last minute win, especially when the world's telling you that it was a dodgy penalty and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, Sunday happens and it's such an unexpected treat. I think the fact that it was so unexpected, you expect Everton to lose, obviously, but... You know, for for City. <laughs> Never let you down those lads. No. Off of that, that <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? My favourite thing so far, like three minutes into the show, is that every time someone says something really wildly wonderful, the other three can't help but just laugh at how wonderful <laughs> it is. Like every, every time someone said something, I was just like, oh god, that's brilliant. Yeah, that was my favourite thing. Obviously, everyone got what they deserved. It was nice. I, Ian's just touched on the narrative that Liverpool was somehow lucky. Obviously. The, anyone who watched it in full knows that that wasn't the case. The stats tell us a completely different story, um, but there's almost a joy to be taken in the fact that people think it's lucky, but it's not. I'm just wondering how many more games do we have to win in the last minute before people realise that it might be a reason why we win games in the last minute? 
They stopped yeah. saying it with Alex Ferguson's Man United. Uh, Shankly's teams to throw back when notorious last-minute winners. And, and I remember there's a famous quote somewhere where, where, where the press say to him, are you lucky? Well, why'd you win in the last minute? He says, we were relentless like Joe Lewis, the boxer. He's just like, we just go to the end. And that's it. In years gone by, when we're not nearly this good, if it moves into injury time, we're not, we've not got our goal. I know I mentally would be switching on to what am I having for my tea here? Mm. Just get me out yeah. of here. Yeah. I don't. I mentally do not give up on this Liverpool team to the last kick, even though you know, a lot looking of back, did you on go, Saturday. Quite yeah, a lot of people I'd, got off. I was a bit surprised at that. Yeah. Particularly yeah. once he said four minutes, and you're thinking they're going to be a bit longer here. It was a bit cryasm, wasn't it? Like at times. I, th- I think there was just a bit of frustration from yeah. people thinking, you know, it was just one of Here those games. That, but also, and, and I was sort of saying this to me, I'm not not thinking it was overthink. Uh, you know, you'd always felt we'd get a chance. Then wasn't expecting. You know, you, you never expect anything's going to come from a penalty, but you know, you think you're going to get a chance. But I was I was sort sort of saying to myself, well, you know, they are third in the league. They are a very good team. They sort of set up to to nullify us. They were very, very you know, very well organised. You know, they ran themselves into the ground, Leicester. So it was one of them. But I was just surprised the amount that got off. Almost like as in, you know, these lads have have worked hard the last few weeks. They probably deserve a, a bit of a clap at the end. They yeah. don't deserve to look around and see that the main stand and the you know and the Kenny Dagley stands half empty just so that you can get an extra five minutes in traffic. And I was a bit surprised at that. Uh, and also, I don't get. Like I mean, I'll happily get off at two, three nil, so I get five minutes in traffic. But when the result is in doubt, and you know that you could be there for the biggest moment of of, re- of your recent life, you, why would you not put allow yourself that possible pleasure? But that's. I think, was, I, think, off I, think, fans, but I think. Well, I think the idea that people were just a bit demoralised because I, I think that one of the things was they played really well, Rob. And the it, Reds, yeah. And it was it was arguably our best hour of the season. I want to come on and talk about legs. I was really intrigued that quite early on someone said Madison looked knackered. Uh, so I want to talk about legs in general. But it was our the first hour was our best hour of the season, and it's an hour of turning the screw in a way which I think maybe we haven't quite seen from this Liverpool side this season. We get to see it there. They absolutely just turn the screw on Leicester repeatedly and they're just knocking on the door but not they're not kicking the door down they're just knocking on the door knocking on the door knocking on the door and Leicester the, it, it becomes a hot house in a way that we, we often don't see because they don't get the relief almost of going too behind I think we saw it uh, Arsenal um, I think we were, we were that kind of team we were and to Chelsea to a degree although it almost goes too well against Chelsea which causes us to take our foot off the gas prematurely but yeah, we do, there's a, what I'm enjoying is we've got a mode against these teams. I want to see it against Man U at Old Trafford and then against Tottenham a week later. And then we've got a mode where we go, okay, these are good teams. We will pay them the respect of they get all of our concentration. They get us coming at them in that relentless way we, we did and we did and we wait for our chance and we wait for our chance. We, the half chances go, but we still keep at it. And eventually, even in a game that tight, we have the immense quality. Because, I mean, the opening goal from Sadio Mane, it, okay, it's a misjudgment from Johnny Evans, isn't it, where he gets his positioning, I think. And it's a hell of a ball from James Milner. But what it takes, it's not a routine piece of uh, control, moving of a football and then finish what Sadio Mane does. It, it's, it requires world-class levels of ability and concentration. It's something which, when it comes, you're you're able to, to feel as though the focus was, was there, Jay. It was, it was an absolute relief of a goal but it was also a it was also deserved it I'd have been very very frustrated if we'd have got in at half time and it would have been level uh, it would have been more than Leicester deserved and not what Liverpool deserved at that point yeah the the, the, uh, the celebration by me in the cop you know we, I was thinking this is a bit much of this this celebration's a bit much for a 1-0 <laughs> to Leicester 1-0 against Leicester at home in the first half I was dead it was like a let off and I think it was just the joy of the goal itself, the pass, the finish—you know—it just looks sublime. You, you know, it's it, it it was one of them. It's like you know, literally, if you could have perfectly placed the pass, the finish just inside the post, all of those things—you'd have, you know, you couldn't have done it much better. The relief that you know we've done it, we've knocked on the door for long enough. We've you know we've we've got the goal, we've got ahead, and you sort of you know, and back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, well, that's it. Liverpool scored now. Liverpool don't lose from you know being in leading positions so there's all those little things there's a sense of relief and it was just joy it's that you know even though it was harder and you know we've seen that in the last few weeks I think from this team that it's harder that they still get that goal they still find a way to something Ian said before you know they still find a way to beat teams in you know and if you know because the, their formation was that bizarre Liverpool's was a bit bizarre as well it was almost like a it was like a Christmas three times and I, I was looking at it thinking well 
what are we trying to do here to beat these? But, you know, it was one of them where Liverpool are then probably thinking, well, it's worked. We've got in front of them. You know, now Leicester have got to do something. Second half pans out slightly different, but I think, you know, the, the, the celebrations around me just shows that people just like, just it, genuinely relieved, joyous, <laughs> you know, just almost that. It we don't have much else to worry about. We've just got to think about ourselves, which is a which is a rare thing. I'm noticing, sorry, I'm noticing this at one nil with this Liverpool side in the last year. This is cutting. People are celebrating like we've won. Normally, you get that celebration at two or three, yeah. uh, but we're celebrating like we've won. I mean, I I don't often fall over in a celebration at Anfield. <laughs> I fell over. It was mad. I was bouncing off people. Uh, save that for away. But yeah, sorry. I think there's a proper sense of that people are really going to look back on this as a really important one as well. So yeah. it's it's not yeah. just a one. Players in the league, aren't they? They're a good team. Yeah, exactly. And that's not for nothing. No. I think we we just know as a fan base just how important every game is now. We know where the bar is. We know we have to be aiming for 100 points and therefore every goal feels big. Mm. Every potential win feels huge. It feels like another step closer if, to, to the Holy Grail. It seems, Ian, like the, the club as a whole, the players, the manager, the, the supporters, everyone... Yeah, yeah. You want to say it's 38 cup finals, and every year everyone says it's 38 cup finals, but it really feels like everyone's very much bought into 38 cup. It is actually, it just is. It's just 38 times where you've got to win, and and that's the way in which it's going to work. And I've never quite known anything like it. And I thought it was enormous going in, and I'm not surprised the let off was crazy at one nil. But it was that idea of you know how good are we going to have to be to win today to, to win today's cup final? Mm. And the answer before the ball was kicked was we're going to have to be very good. And you got the impression that was there in the stands, and it was there with the manager, and it was there with the players. Absolutely, and it's it's hard to think of a time when it's felt this important in October. It, it's bananas, really, when you think about it. For every game to matter this much so so early in the season, yet it does. It absolutely does because you know we're up against arguably one of the greatest teams that's that's kicked the ball. But what does that say about Liverpool? Because we're currently eight points clear of Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, and I think I don't tend to get annoyed around the noise that surrounds what's going on in terms of our Liverpool and doing and stuff. But this weekend, it it did get to me a little bit. It annoyed me. I don't think this Liverpool team's getting quite enough respect, enough credit for what it's doing week in, week out. It takes, or it's something, it's something unusual when Robbie Savage is talking the most sense on Five Live, and he, he very much was after Man City Wolves. He's in a room full of people, and the narrative, the conversation is, well, Liverpool are a good side, but they're getting all the luck. Yeah. They're getting all the bounce. The rubber, the greens, all theirs. And he's like, well, I'll stop you there. Because mm-hmm. every team gets a little bit of luck. Every team will get the bounce of the ball now and again. It's what you do with it. It's what you do and it's how you take advantage of that. Liverpool are taking advantage of that. There's not a team that's won anything in the history of football that hasn't had a little slice along the way. That's just what happens. And I don't think we are getting the credit we deserve. I think on the pitch, we're doing some unbelievable things. But I think, I think off the pitch, the manager... And I can take this right back to after Kiev. He's done something unbelievable. He's galvanised this football club. You compare that to Spurs after they lose the European Cup final. They're an absolute shambles. There's a manager there with the weight of the world on their shoulder on his shoulders. And yes, there's probably more to it than just that with Spurs. But Jurgen Klopp was able to galvanise us at that t- at time when it would have been easy just to feel sorry for yourself. And then the season after, we go and get 97 points. Well, you could feel sorry for yourself because that should be enough. It should be enough, but it wasn't. But Liverpool don't. You go and win a European Cup a few weeks later, and then this season they've started like a like a train. And as I say, they're going to take some stopping. It, it, it is mad, isn't it? Last coming into this season, you could sense a lot of the talk around sort of punditry was, and and fans of the other big six rivals was, Liverpool should fall back into the pack now this season. That was a bit, you know, they are just too many lucky breaks. And I think it's just a process of people looking at moments and not wanting. They're seeing what they want to see. I mean. There were some st- stories that we were lucky at Sheffield last week. We weren't lucky at Sheffield United. The keeper makes an error for the goal that won it for us. We weren't lucky that Mane misses two open goals. Salah misses a good chance as well. And yeah, and Salah misses. There's, there's no look. I can think of very. The one time I can look back over the past year and a bit and go, that was the gods, was Divock Origi's goal in the derby. Although you look at it again, you look at it over the whole balance of play, I think, and although Everton were feisty. The better team didn't score the goals it should have scored. Luck's got nothing to do with it. Liverpool have now won a number of games by a single goal, but those games have been tough games. We've gone to Chelsea and won mm. by a single goal. We played third, played Leicester form team in the league aside from ourselves and beaten them, okay, by a single goal. We played Salzburg, who are like the season's Ajax potentially and a maniac team, and we've gone and beaten them, okay, by a single goal. 
but so what? Give us give us a row of bombs at home and we'll get back to winning fours and fives. I think I think that we are going to go off and the perennial cliche will abide that Liverpool are going to give some teams some hiding soon. But Lockie is just nonsense. Mm. Um, I want to talk about legs. You raised the J around Madison. Um, talk about how we changed the front three. You mentioned the formation before. One of the things that strikes me during the game is Leicester do sort of manage to get into the ascendancy around the 75th yeah. minute but it is almost like that's the kitchen sink moment this is their throw of the dice this is us them putting the last of their energy in and I think it's fascinating what happens after the, after the equaliser goes in Leicester should be thinking we can we go can on and win this same, yeah. but what actually happens is they get into a little bit of we've just got to find a way to hold on and I think one of the reasons why is they have to give so much they're so tired yeah. they've worked so hard to keep Liverpool at bay and I think they play really well but they don't actually have a shot until the seventh, until about the 60th minute or something like that and so you're in this situation where they're given all that they've got to hang on in there they get the goal and then it really is like we're done and our, our legs are gone as well and we'll go on and talk about it but it is that Liverpool's Liverpool's legs may be drained but so are the opposition's yeah I was looking at it thinking how are you still running because I literally joked to the lads in front of me that James Madison's doing that run that you used to kid the PE teacher that you were like really trying and like your feet are just literally sliding across the floor he couldn't he what's could... that Jake don't do for us oh mate that's, that's my normal run um, I I just couldn't get it, and then and then he scores, and it's like he literally has to swing at it to put everything in because he is knackered. He is absolutely done, and obviously that they, they make that change themselves. But it, it they've put so much into it just to keep Liverpool at that, you know, in their place at one nil. You know, with a one nil lead, Leicester had to do so much, and it comes from a mistake. And I know you're going to mention the keeper and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's not as if like you know they were much better than us to score their goal. It's just that they had to put so much into it. And I think that's the that's what you're going to see with Liverpool. Teams are going to come to play Liverpool now and they're going to set up in a way that looks to try and restrict them mm. and hope that you can sort of keep it... You know, look at City. Lots of times, City last year didn't batter some teams that you think they were going to batter because teams are putting so much into them just to restrict them, just yeah. to control the game in some way and just restrict space and... You know, Leicester done that very well, certainly in the middle of the pitch. They, they, they weren't letting us have it. You know, they were very compact, very well organised, and they put a lot into it. And then soon as soon as they scored, it is like almost a relief of thinking, the lads thinking, we can't do this anymore. And and that's why you score late goals, because they're extremely tired. They make mistakes. Their, their mind can't, you know, tiredness makes your mind do very mm-hmm. funny things. And Liverpool are relentless. And Liverpool are tired. You know, all of our midfield's legs are gone. Uh, but... You know, you've still got someone like Mane, you've still got someone like Salah, who, whatever, whether he's on form or quite the form we expect or not, or, or have come to be used to, you know, he's still going to keep trying, he's still going to keep working. And you see Liverpool there then, you know, keep putting that pressure on them. You know, Leicester's defence drops deeper, drops deeper, drops deeper. The ball's in the box, they panic, you get a penalty. That happens. The best teams win games mm-hmm. late on because they're the best team. They because they keep creating so many yeah. chances, yeah. They're also used to, Siobhan, I think we've got to be careful with this. They're also quite used to being tired, Liverpool. Mm. I think Fabinho is goosed on 60. Oh, God love him. <laughs> <laughs> but he hangs in the game. He just hangs in the yeah. game and he does it brilliantly, you know, in terms of it's one of the best shattered performances I've ever seen. There was a lot of it, mates helping each other out, wasn't there, on that midfield, on it? on Saturday yeah yeah you could tell that he just he just had enough but he still as you said then it was a really good chatter performance because when it mattered he's got that and it, I think it was one of the, one of the lads on the post-match show said that like he still regardless of how tired he is manages to tackle him tackle and play the ball at the same time which is remarkable given how tired he was but I think there was a lot of Milner backing up someone else and Fabinho backing up Milner because Milner was backing up someone else and that's going to make you knacker but it's a mentality to be able to do that is absolutely massive because they know it's just this game just this game if we just see this through just see this through just get over the line and we can have a little rest then and that's absolutely massive and but you know I, I think there's something in them players you, you get told that this, they do it in the summer don't they and this is yeah. you know Milner comes back and does all that run and wins the lactate test again and again <laughs> and again but it'd be very easy for some of these lads to have come back in the summer and think oh we've just won the European Cup we're at we're at that level now and to take it a bit easier in training, to take yeah. it a bit easier in the fitness work and they haven't because yeah. that fitness work what's seeing them through there that it's almost muscle memory they know what to do you know Milner the calmness of him the 95th minute to take a penalty like that absolutely goosed mm. Mm. I'd, I'd be on the floor and I'd be Joe Cole me, I'd, my hands on my knees and James Milner's just stood there like there's nothing, nothing to think about even when he celebrates he's just yeah, like... even when he celebrates yeah and, and he's not out of breath I'd be yeah. like I'd be going mad I wouldn't be able to breathe I'd need oxygen and everything but they, it, it because they've done it, because these players, and it's a mentality thing, yeah. these now know 
this is our level. Yeah. So previously, if they were, you know, they're, they're here and they're thinking, well, how do we, you know, step up? They win the European Cup and like, well, we can be at that level now. And now their job is to stay there. Yeah. And I think we're seeing performances, you know, across the season where you're like, these are just doing that step above that, now. That's their new they're, level, they're a yeah. hungry. They're, they're a hungry set of players. They can see a pathway now. Uh, they can see a pathway, absolutely. They believe in the manager. They believe in themselves. They've won the European Cup. So they know, they know their level. And I think... It's flowing through the whole squad. It's flowing through the first 11, backroom staff, fan base. You can see that this Liverpool team is more than good enough to win a league. And I think in moments where, in moments of adversity, you do see them stand up and be counted. They are mentality monsters, mentality giants, call them what you want. There are tired legs at times. You know, Fabinho's been great. Uh, he's been he's been a standout. He's been one of the best players so far this season. You can see his legs go. I mean, he, for the goal, he, he's probably wrong side of Perez. And then Van Dijk's got a problem. Does he go? Does he stay? It goes slipped into Madison. The goalie should do better, but it's one of them. But they don't. Dijk should do a bit better, I think. Possibly. I don't. I don't know. I, I think. I think on Lovren. I mean, I've been someone who's been hugely critical of him in the past. Um, I said before the game, you're going to get a nine out of four out of ten. Yeah, it'll be one or the other. I'd seen him at MK Dons. He looked he looked way off the pace, to be honest. But he comes in and he does he does really well. He's everywhere you want him to be. Positionally, he's on point. I think he deserves great credit because I say he gets he gets bashed over the head enough. And I've been one of those people who've done that at times. But you've got to say it's it's a it's a brilliant performance from the back four. And I do think the line helps him a little bit. But in terms of restricting Leicester, a good Leicester side, to virtually nothing. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. It's just happened. They they will normally create something, and yet Liverpool don't don't give them a sniff. And that was that was brilliant to see on Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the selection of Lovren's inspired the little choice by the manager there. It would be the easier thing to go with Gomez because he. I needs felt sorry for Gomez a little bit. Wrong. Yeah, I, felt I, a little I bit did, sorry for him. I do, but I like to. See, at the same time, pleased that the manager was leaving no room for sentiment when the title's at stake here. I think he looked at Leicester and he looked. Yeah, he thought if we're going to defend that a little bit deeper. Uh, they've got two things, Leicester. I mean, I know they haven't got Harry Maguire anymore, but they're, they're decent. They've, they've, well, they always look to me decent on set pieces. Like team can handle themselves in the air. And okay, it was Maguire, but it was their it was their preparation on set pieces that get them back into the game in Anfield in the in the spring, I think it was. Uh, and they've also got that pace in behind. So, so, so I think he, they say to themselves, Klopp and this team, they go, we'll sit that, we'll sit maybe five ten yards deeper, and we'll have someone who can who can play on the front foot and head a ball away a bit more. <laughs> And maybe, you know, and also we don't know what goes on in Melwood in the week. Lovren could have played like the man possessed. Then Klopp's always big on rewarding that. I mean, notwithstanding that, I, you could ask a small question about whether he could have got across Ma- Madison. Maybe if he was naturally a pacier defender. I think he doesn't make a mistake there. I just it happens so quick, though. It well. does happen so quick. It happens so quick. unbelievably quick. I just think he's not... Na- I think that's where you see the shortfall of bringing in a Lovren. I think maybe a Gomez, but only in that moment, has the edge on him. But that's being nitpicking really in the wider scheme of things because he has a really, really good game. Um on the on the, the full Lovren performance, Siobhan, mm. as I said, he gets dropped in. Yeah. I think he's... Firstly, it's worth remembering the manager has faith in him that other people might not, and that's yeah. down to them. But the manager rates Dejan Lovren. So I don't think he sees it as necessarily that big a deal to bring no. him in. He just backs him, and then Lovren perform, produces that for him. And, you know, everyone loves to joke about the faith that Lovren's got in himself. That hasn't come from nowhere. You know, it's come from being in a World Cup final. It's come from being in European Cup finals. All right, you know, he's got every, every so often he's got a Lovren in him. And there was one moment where I, he misplaces a clearance and passes it to their lads. I can't remember, it was early in the second half. And I thought, please don't let this be. But he digs himself back out, he wins the ball he back. Sorts yeah. It out, yeah. And, um, and I just thought, that, that's why he backs himself because because he's got absolutely every right to. And you, you're right, you know, obviously the manager sees a lot more than what we see. Um, and any critics can kind of just take this game by game now where, where he's concerned instead of absolutely writing them off before the game even before the ball's kicked. One final thing on on the, the Lovren thing. I I would have been okay with him leaving in the summer as long as Liverpool would have brought someone in. I was absolutely against just letting him go mm. and going with with three natural centre-halves. You can talk about Fabinho doing little bits in there. And one of the reasons was because I looked at Man City's squad and I thought, well, that's an area of the pitch where we're stronger than Man City. We've got an edge over them, so don't weaken ourselves. And people can have conversations around whether Lovren's great or not, but at times he can hit 
good levels as your fourth choice centre half. That's that, not that's a that's, that's a that's a absolutely that's a good option to have. So I was totally against letting him go for that reason, unless you can bring in cover. And I think it's proven to be to be the right decision because you are gonna at times need the full squad. And Man City are paying the price now for not investing in an area where there was a clear weakness. I think there's going to be an issue in January probably with Lovren, unless this is suddenly his breakthrough game and he plays every game from so now. So, you know, I, th- I think it's a mentality thing again. I think you're looking at these players now and you're able to say to them, listen, lads, we're at this level. You're going to come away with medals. You're yeah. not going to play every this game. Is your path, you know, yeah. Shakiri, Shakiri's at this and I think he's largely accepting of it. I think he'd like to play a bit more. He might probably expect to play a bit more in the next few weeks. But I think these players are willing to accept the 20 games for a medal. They'll have their say eventually. Yeah. We used to talk about this with United, and, and I think Lovren, I think Lovren comes in to play, and he's played two games for two different reasons. He's coming against MK Dons because he's on the fringes, mm. and he wants to give other lads a rest. And he's played them against he's played yeah. them against Leicester because he's thinking Gomez kept getting caught wrong side, mm. and he doesn't want Gomez caught wrong side against Jamie Vardy and his pace. And on and on that, there's there's literally a live case study where you can go look at Joe Matip last year. He was fourth choice. He plays. Loads of big football matches, and he plays in the European Cup final. So there's, there's a there's a live or there's a there's a case study you can look back on and go if you do the right things and if you take your opportunity. And elite level football is all about grabbing your chance when you get it. Mm. That's what Lovren's, Lovren's coming into his job. Lovren's not going to be expecting injuries aside to start against Man yeah. United. He's probably not expecting to start against Genk, but then knows he'll mm. get a game somewhere in the middle, oh, maybe so against Villa or someone like that. He'll play in the League Cup and then he might play against Villa. That's or he might play against Genk at home. He, play against Genk, he, he knows he's getting his game like that, and he's going to accept that because he knows now knows he's at a level. Mm. The, the thing Klopp has done with lots of these players is he's is he is the he's bought himself space to say to them, listen, I know what the best thing is for you. You might think you want to play all the time, but I know what the best thing is for you. Mm. And he's got demonstrable proof now of players, how he's improved them, Arigi, how he's brought them back into the team uh, and to you know to play a major part last season and to be a you know his, his, his go-to sub this season. Milner, how he's used him when he's hardly played him in part of the season and then saved him towards the tail end. They'll all be looking at that and going, well, not only has he demonstrated it in that individual player's performances, he's you know, it's worked in, you know, a ninety seven point season, you know, eight points clear already, winning the European Cup. The players are all looking at this and Klopp's got results that he can says, No, this works, so trust mm. me for a bit. And I think Lovren will do this. I think Lovren will play half a dozen, maybe nine, ten games before the sun before January and he'll be thinking to himself, Well, all right, Sandy, I can go and play for AC Milan or I can go and play for Roman, I can go and play for someone else, but not gonna be winning the European Cup, not gonna be winning the league. I still might not be you know, might be third choice centre off there. It's not enough. You want to be at Liverpool, and he's going to happily. He's going to do what, what you said there. That City should have done. Have a centre half. That's a fourth choice, but it's made up to be there because he knows yeah. he's going to be competing, and he knows he's going to get his twenty games. He's going to get his medal, decent wages, and be part of something successful, and you know, play a part in. I think money, money will talk with on, but I, you'd be, I'll take your point. I mean, at the end of the day, proof of the pudding was the look on those lads on the benches' faces in Madrid in May. They come off and they, they knew mm. they'd played their part, and even yeah. though they hadn't played forty games apiece, they knew it was enough. They knew it counted. And I think this is where the often frowns upon meritocracy really does show its worth, doesn't it? Where the, it's quite simple, the ones who are doing the best play. Yeah. And and it, it works. And it's it's often one of those where it's like, oh yeah, but there's no room for that, you know. But there quite clearly is. Like, it was the point about Matip before that I think crystallises that for us. Um, I want to talk about the front three. Come on, talk a lot about Sadio in a minute. But in <laughs> general, uh, just a far greater flexibility, Rob. We probably cumulatively have 10, 15 minutes of Mo Salah playing left-hand side. And it's the first time we've seen that full stop, I'd say, in a game since his arrival at Liverpool. Starts through the middle. Uh, mm. A lot of Mane and, and Salah sort of rotating a little bit in there. Firmino doing a job. But, I, you know, all three of them spend at least 10 minutes in each of the positions along the front three. I think that's in part a compliment to Leicester. I think it might also be in part an idea of sort of just keeping them absolutely fresh and engaged. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's a good point. I think you compensate for, for tired legs by giving them something new to think about, almost distract the mind, don't you? I think I think Salah in particular is doing a lot of selfless, unseen work this season. Again, as as with the sort of the, the talk of Liverpool being a bit lucky, there's, there's a desire to talk Salah out of form a bit too much. But every time I see him get the ball, control it. He's got I know, the, the proverbial three or four men on him and he's trying to find himself out of the tightest spaces. And it's no accident that I think that's, that, that, his, that his partners are occasionally finding themselves with more space. But yeah, no, I tell, I tell you, the, the, the imagination is incredible. To what extent they work it out for themselves on the pitch, to what extent it's preordained, I, I, don't, I don't know, but it's, it's beautiful to watch. It's 
again, we haven't seen much of Mane on the right since Salah's arrived either, and we've seen it in dribs and drabs, but there for the first <clears> of the 30, 35 minutes of the game, he is on the right, then he gets his goal from the left. I mean, it, it is that you're asking different questions of the defenders at different times there. I wonder if one of the reasons why Evans isn't quite sure where he is is that thus far that ball would have been played to Firmino. Now, all of a sudden, it's Sadio Mane. He knows it's a different threat and he knows it's a huge increase in pace. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think the beauty of the front three is that they are so interchangeable. I think you see Mane right-hand side, maybe because of Chilwell and the threat down that left. Um, you know, Salah's lots of things, but he's probably not someone who's going to go back and, and help us fall back out at times. So so it kind of made sense from that point of view. And we know Sadio Mane can be, can be great on the right, he can be great on the left, he can be great through the middle. He's just an unbelievable footballer at the minute who's operating at a ridiculous level. Um, it's hard to think of of players in world football who are doing what Sadio Mane is doing right now, let alone Premier League. Uh, you've mentioned on your agenda, Neil, Kevin De Bruyne is one who is hitting those levels, but Kevin De Bruyne doesn't stay fit. Uh, an awful lot. Sadio Mane is is one of the most robust footballers. Um, no matter how you tackle him, he just seems to spring up and, and, and crack on. And people used to always talk about people like Eden Hazard when they compare Sadio Mane because Hazard maybe aesthetically looks a little bit more graceful, a bit more skillful at times. But you're not swapping Eden Hazard for Sadio Mane. Absolutely not. I don't think any no. manager would do. Um, when you think about what Mane can do offensively, he's pretty much there or thereabouts every week. He's a 9 out of 10. His defensive work is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I think he's someone the manager just... In, he just trusts him implicitly to do that defensive job. Um, he can do everything on the pitch. If you need five minutes for someone to hold it, Sadio Mane's your man. He can hold it. Um, there's nothing he, he really can't do as a footballer. He's been a brilliant sign and he's, he's probably my favourite of the front three. I know we're not like talking in those terms, but if you think about... Who could you afford to lose? You never want to lose any of them, obviously. But he's one who just, he ticks every single box for me. And he's been, he's certainly been one of the standouts of the season so far. He's a um, top player. Uh, him and Kev De Bruyne, two top scousers. Um, there's <laughs> a lot. Son, he's playing behind him next year, man. That'd be amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they'll be unbelievably productive Son's, together. And also, Son, Son has the change for I, I, think, I think you get more games out of Kev De Bruyne <laughs> if he's playing for Liverpool. I just think that. Uh, you know, because you go through the pain barrier for the mighty boys in red. Um, yeah, uh, Absolutely fair. He's a absolute Super Evans, going to do a... He's, I'll this in a minute. Let him let him cut loose. He's, De Bruyne in 2020. Or he's an absolute. Uh, he's <laughs> an absolute total Sorry. footballer. He's an, I think he's a knight. Is he, is he sponsored by a knight? Up on you? Let's well, just start the new man. Let's just say that he is. Let's just say that he is. Done deal. He's an absolute fan side. The Anfield. He's an absolute total footballer, Sadio Mane, and that's the thing that you know should be coming crystal clear to everyone. He can, you name it, whatever you want, he can do. Brilliant in the air. Mane's Mane back. Mane's done something that we were talking about Liverpool before, and I credit. I, it's it hasn't. Klopp has turned the screw in the last few years. With these, he's just kept getting that bit more out of them and improving the level mm. and tightening, you know, tightening us up as a team. That it hasn't happened overnight. We haven't gone from seventy to eighty or seventy to ninety points. You know, it it doesn't feel like that anyway. Watching it for us, and I think others watching it, they've seen improvements, you know, bit by bit, and then it's suddenly like Liverpool are just there, but they're just at that level. Whereas in previous seasons with Liverpool managers that have taken us to that level, it's been overnight and it's been one-offs. It's been Rodgers, it's been Benitez winning the European Cup. It's been, it's been it's just happened. Yeah. Whereas this is very planned, it's very thought through, and you see you, you see that in the three on Sunday on Saturday, sorry, on the way they play. He's put Mane there to keep Chilwell quiet, um, gets back and does the defending against him. Pereira is also a good outlet for Leicester, so Firmino's there, he has to think about that because Pereira knows he can't leave Firmino mm. in space because he knows he'll create something. And I think Salah up front isn't almost the odd one out. Le- this is going to sound a bit bizarre, but it was very notable. Like, Leicester's two centre-halves are brilliant defenders, probably better than Harry Maguire as a defender for them. That's Yonko, is sorry to say his name, Lord Farquhar. He's, he's brilliant. <laughs> He is he is a brilliant defender. He'll he'll be fantastic for them. Mm. Um, clearly, it's every single ball at ninety mile an hour though. Because if we were in the main stand, the amount of clearances he put into that main stand, I was thinking I'd be getting out of the way of them. Loves kicking Just out for absolutely well. He's it, Tony. Yeah. But you're watching there and you're thinking, well, there's no point, you know, playing Firmino there against those two because he gets it into feet. They're going to be right up his backside. They're going to be looking for the tackle. They're going to make the foul. Whereas with someone like Salah, he gets in his feet and he lays it off very quickly. He's yeah. trying to play it around the corner. He's trying to make the run off them himself. So he gives them something more to think about. So Liverpool's is very intentional. And I think that's a that's a thing where Klopp is making those little 
tiny changes now where everyone's coming to that game and Leicester will have done the same, expecting that three, expecting that kind of formation, expecting Mane wide on on the left to sort of, you know, to, to, to be creating that problem for a full-back and instead the centre-half's got to think about it. Centre-half's thinking, where's he come from? What's, what, what's going on here? It, it, it's a... It's a thing here where we've made Leicester have to think about something because Leicester like playing out from the back. You know, Brendan Rodgers' team, they like getting the ball, getting the full backs, getting up the pitch and, and having it in the midfield. I think you know, Leicester will have been thinking to themselves in the first half, how are we going to play football now? Because these have just set up very different. It's the, same, it's the 11 we probably expected, but they're just playing football very differently and I don't know what to expect. And as it was, Leicester then just looked very congested. Everything for Leicester ended up going through the middle, which we didn't quite solve because we kept trying to play passes into the middle of the pitch, don't know how many times Trent uh, played the pass inside and just got cut out. But it, it changed how Leicester had to play then and in the end, we just sort of controlled the game without really looking spectacular. The prime example of what you're talking about was when we uh, Salah and Mane played that double one-two. Mm-hmm. And it was in the second half, yes, the second yeah. half. It was beautiful. And it, it ends up bouncing off Salah, uh, Mane's shin and going out, doesn't it? But it's very close to a dream second half. But that's, that's an example. Salah in the middle, very congested, pings it off once, twice, Mane in. It was beautiful, that. Oh, Mane for a sec. We spoke about like hunger and mentality and things like that. I'm really loving and getting used to watching Manny drop to his knees for various reasons, whether it be a penalty, whether it be he's fuming because James Madison scores, or whether it be in the Champions League final when he gets a penalty. It, no, what I don't believe does anyone want it more than him. Can I just say no. though, I noticed something, and I'd love to see this back on a replay if it was available. I'm not saying Sadio Mane went down easy for that penalty, but when they were bar- when they, when <laughs> they like were when they were doing a VAR of you. Sadio Mane went down injured again and then when the referee said it was fine he got up he literally he stood on the D outside the box the referee's reviewing it Mane falls to his backside sits there holding his leg and then soon as he went the referee points at the spot and got up again he just got up and jogged away I was like mate <laughs> you, you don't count in this they're not watching you on the floor going, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging it honestly. yeah I'm banging to it it's very 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 important and yet he buys the penalty I'm absolutely fine with the penalties get bought all the time we've had very very few penalties at Anfield mm. I, the, the, the controversy uh, the would be controversy around the pen is might be a penalty might not bit daft maybe a bit soft they gave it to penalty Liverpool score um, absolutely yeah I think, it's, it's, and, and I think that's that, again that's what happens you know teams get penalties like that because they create so many chances in the box what's yeah. a player to do to think oh no I'm not going to go down here it's the last minute he's just hit me I'll stand on my feet no, yeah. that, that it, fella it, on it, Twitter won't like it if I go down it is a bit mad though Cancelo one two three is going to slaughter me it is a bit mad how certain certain pundits certain TV programmes will talk about winning a penalty, buying a penalty when it's certain players, you know, the, the Kane Vardy thing always gets uh, rolled out. And you've seen, you, you, you can't, like, see your Murphy's, your Shearer's, your Linekers defend that. That's all Sadio Mane does. He's, he's really clever. Uh, he's really clever. And it, it's not like, that's all David Thompson trying to kind of compare it to the Napoli Robertson one. It's two totally different things. It's a penalty. I don't remember this uproar when Bernardo Silva was winning penalties against West Ham towards the end of last season. That is the absolute definition of buying a penalty, by the way. There was no uproar. Sadio Mane does what good strikers should do. He gets his ball, he gets his body, I should say, between him and the and, and the ball and the defender, and then he goes down when he feels the touch. Well, he gets... And that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Gary Gillespie actually... There's nothing in the rules, Rob, that says... Yeah. You should try and stay on your feet. We've seen it countless times where I saw it numerous times last season where Mohamed Salah tried to stay on his feet at times. Yeah. Doesn't get the penalty. Yeah. So until referees are brave enough and are being told to give penalties for lads who are trying to stay on the feet but have clearly been fouled, until it happens, you're going to have to have footballers feeling the contact and just going down. And by the way, it works both ways. How many times do you see defenders? get the slightest little touch and just oh, fall down set, and just yeah. end the attack and no one says anything. It works both yes. ways. Sadio Mane does what Sadio Mane should do. Gary Gillespie's good on this in on CTV, actually. We, when they're watching back, uh, him and the commentator are watching him back. He goes, it's not that this knocks him, it's going to knock him over that challenge, but, it, but it's Sadio's standing foot. That's where he's planting to push off on. And that touch just comes across him at that moment. And, he, and he, the reason he decides to go down is he can feel that he's being restricted. Just in that moment, he goes, well, fuck that. I'm going on. And he's right to go over. I mean, so that, who's that penalty he gets? It's against Cardiff or Fulham right at the end of last season. The, rip, the, the, the keeper puts his arm across him. So he, goes, so he swan dies. Why not? He's entitled he's to... He's right to go down just so we got to watch Casper Schmeichel be a crying little prick. <laughs> that too, Jay, that that is, That's ta- very is, true. His 
Isabella. And he wasn't alone, was he? His ability to be able to switch on as time wasting once they score. Oh, it was like oh. Oh, vintage, I wasn't it? Yeah. I thought fair play I to him. He did a lot of it by stamping on the penalty yeah, penalty yeah. spots. Oh, yeah. I love. I mean, to be honest, I love all yeah. that. I'm expecting that if it was our goal, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. He made it. He was trying to make it look like a trench by the time yeah. he finished with it. Definitely, I'm very annoyed here. Look how much mud I'm kicking up like a horse before the national. Filthy. Yeah. see Brendan Brendan Rodgers a bit vintage Brendan in a way and is disingenuous enough to, to act like Leicester were the only team going to win it after equalised like, what are you what are you talking what about here bro? that was mental do we, we have the Van Dijk chance just before we scored the, the corner it's, a, it's not a, just, just before and also it's not that much of a chance I oh mean, it is I've watched that I've watched that several times if Van Dijk just gets underneath it too much by his yeah, standards they had one like that didn't he Sionko had one like that I think as well did he where he puts it, up, he puts, puts it over the bar at the end of those ends is, is that first half I don't know. I just don't think it's. I don't <laughs> think it's. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Don't ask me to know what I'm talking about. I just remember the bed, isn't it? Just remember this big head coming from nowhere. Um, last little thing on the penalty, but also on the full performance, Siobhan uh, Milner, uh, another arguable yeah. candidate for man of the match. It's, he's tremendous throughout, digging his mates out all the time. Yeah. But also, if you just say that, you're damning him with faint praise. He plays the ball for Mane's goal. He shows he unreal quality for 90 minutes. Oh, that pass was. Uh, I think we've touched on it before, but I think that's what makes the goal so special because it's just and so beautiful about it. And um, yeah, he's 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 a proper leader amongst them then because he just knows that everyone's absolutely goosed a bit. Van Alden's on his arse. Everyone's just like, done in, and he knows he's someone's got to dig these lads out, and it's going to be him. And to stay cool, I saw someone. I wouldn't obviously, you know, it's not the ladylike thing to do, but the stones on him to be able to put that penalty away and just stand there and just be completely composed about it when everyone else is losing their shit is amazing. I think it's. A, I thought it was a real challenge for him that Robbie's got two things to deal with. One, he doesn't actually know if he's going to get to take the penalty mm. because of the length of the VAR thing. But the yeah. second thing is as well, that's a long time to have to think about it. And he does take himself away from the fray and he takes himself away from the referee, but he's just holding the ball and holding the ball. And I've seen many, a, a good Liverpool penalty taker, frankly, the last thing you want is time. The last thing you want yeah. sometimes is time. You'd just rather get on and get it taken. And he's got to put up with a three-minute gap there where he's thinking, what am I going to get to take it? And two, when I do take it, what am I going to do with it? Yeah, and you know I've watched I've watched games with you Neil. Where is it with you or Steve? We look to look at the look at the face of the penalty taken. You've got half an inkling whether they're going to miss it or not, and you can. I was just I thought this is a, if this is the definition of a pressure pot. This one, I'm glad I'm not seeing his kipper. But then you kind of know it is James Milner. It'd be fine. Salah's Salah's redeeming himself and becoming a good penalty taker, but I was still so still mightily relieved, yeah. mightily relieved that it was James like Milner stepping up. The panic in the Rosen hands us for everyone to remember who'd been substituted and whether James Milner had been one of those substitutes. Oh. Like, is Milner on the pitch? I'm like, yeah, Milner's got all the ball in his hands. Is Milner got? Is Milner on the pitch? I'm like, yeah, mate, he's got yeah. the ball in his hands. No one's is Milner on the pitch? I just fucking told you he's got the ball in his hands. He's on the pitch, I mate. Love, yeah, as soon as it got given, Milner was like, someone give me that ball. <laughs> this is he not a. It, he says it in his interview afterwards. Didn't he? I don't know whether it was on Max today or on LFCTV one. Of them and he went when you when you you know it's you it, you're not normally waiting to find out whether you're taking the penalty you're just waiting for the the conditions to be set to take the penalty and it just added to it he was like you know it was just a different type of waiting really and it's just it just says everything about him doesn't it like and he just calmly rolls it and I, I was amazed that Casper Schmeichel dives the way he dives to be fair because I'm thinking it's the last minute it's a penalty there's no way Milner's pulling this back across his body into the other corner because if he drags <laughs> it wide everyone's gonna kill him and say why don't you just put it on target. Um, but it's if, like, I was, but, if I was Michael, I wouldn't have dived. I'd have thought he's going to go down the middle. I was thinking, yeah. but, that's it's the, but, it's yeah, calm, but it's the it, calmness yeah. in it. Yeah. It's the calmness of Milner in the way he takes it. Casper Michael's probably looking at him, thinking this lad's just not completely phased. And his run up, he give, he goes very wide. He almost looks like from the cop. He looked like he slipped. Yeah. But when you watch the penalty again, he gets his body like very angled and wide, so he can roll it, which probably looks like he's about to plant his foot and whip it, but. Um, style yeah, of style, yeah, yeah. The calm, the calmness from something else, and and I think you know, it, it, it's again, it's a mentality thing, isn't it? It's those players in that moment knowing that this is their level, and someone like James Milner just think knowing that this is just a process now. This isn't Liverpool for the league. This isn't you know, you know trophies at stake this is just Liverpool a game at a time doing what's necessary to win the game we've praised Milner uh, Ian and we praised Lovren um, the keeper could do better could do better for the goal if we're honest about it but putting him to one side for a second the direction I'm going in there is we've also talked about legs and from the manager's point of view listen it's it's perfect it's 8 out of 8 um, we're now relatively happy with where we are Champions League group wise we're through in the League Cup if you even want to go that far but there is Last game of the next run, where there's seven games, is Manchester City at home. 
and there is going to be a little bit of an onus on him, I think. We can't keep doing this. There's unbelievable demands on the full-backs. We've talked about Fabinho, we've talked about Wijnaldum. I'm going to do it on other shows as well, but he is going to have to start putting a little bit of a plan together to deal with this. And two lads, if he brings in fresh in this game, both produce the goods for him. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely fair. I think that's where I felt a little bit sorry for maybe Joe Gomez um, over the last week or so, because I, I think there's certain players you can just drop in and naturally they can find their level pretty quickly. And those other players who, who take a little bit of time. So I think the managers maybe and he can't be too critical because it's eight out of eight. It's 17 on the spin. But I think there's been opportunities maybe where he could have tweaked it um, earlier in the season. And I always felt someone like Gomez could have got more minutes a little bit earlier. So maybe Newcastle was one that you thought you could make a couple of changes, a couple of more changes that game and maybe get away with it. I thought Gomez maybe would have started in Napoli as well, just in terms of being a bit more bit more robust and say to think Trent. Trent happens to do very well in the night, to be fair to him. So I think that you're right, Neil. There's got to be times where you, you just can't keep playing the same eleven over and over again, even though that will be the temptation because they're your best lads and you can rely on them. You, you have seen it on a number of occasions already this season where there's just moments, there's just times in games where you can see legs falling off a little bit. I think that's where someone like Milner really comes to the party. And I'm a little bit surprised that people continue to write Milner off. I've seen it this season. And yet he, he keeps coming back and delivering big performances. And the MK Don thing, MK Don's thing, all right, it's MK Don's, but he's unbelievable at night. He's everything you want a senior pro to be. He comes in on Saturday and his pass for the Mane goal is ridiculous. It's with his wrong foot. I've watched it back four or five times. He gets absolutely no time to play that ball. It's unbelievable. And then, as Jay touched on there, the ice running through his veins to be able to take the penalty in the way that he does. You wouldn't want anyone else on it. He is a player who Liverpool are going to probably have to rely on more over the coming weeks. Yes, there's lads who you, you want in there all the time. But there's no doubt they're going to have to tweak it a little bit between now and the, the game against Man City, which you reference. I, th- I think he has been tweaking in midfield quietly, but people tend not to. to it's spot the area he tends to look at, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, when we, he, we when saw, he's we saw. Sorry, yeah, we saw after the last international break, he drops uh, in. For, was it for Wijnaldum? He drops Chamberlain in. Then you know Henderson pulled out of this one, knowing that he'll probably play twice for England. I don't think Fabinho's been getting much of a rest. Out of the front three. He's been. He's not been shy to take Firmino out in in principle to drop a region. I've been looking at the fixtures. I think Klopp's looking at this before we go to Qatar for that World Club Championship. Then we'll have it's seventeen league games. Then it's virtually the halfway stage. You count the days and the games. Someone like Mo Salah, if you put him in, and Sadio Mane is the main couple of lads. They will have got there if they play virtually every single game. Maybe just rested for one Champions League game apiece between now and then. I've calculated they'll have averaged a game every six days. It's not that onerous. I think they come, and then you're into the January. Christmas is a busy phase, but there's a January, February phase where we always go, there's not enough football going on. I think Klopp, and I think, you know, we look at the events of Sunday, is going, this is a league title we can win by by, uh, by Christmas here. Well, that should be our aim. And it's just pedaled, uh, pedal. Pedal to the metal, metal to the pedal. I can't remember which way around you say that, but it's that. Go and get it one. Knock everyone like Man City did in in seventeen eighteen. Knock knock everyone out by by Christmas, and then you can have a little thing. And, and to be fair to the manager, he's not had Kaita for moments when he's wanted him. Chamberlain misses out on on Saturday through I think a little bit of concussion. Shakiri's been a, a miss where he probably would have got more games if he'd been fit. So a region's injury. A region. So none of this is easy, by the way. It's it, it's really really difficult stuff. But I think naturally you will start to see one or two players probably get a little bit more game time over yeah, the coming he's, weeks. He's, he's- the, the international breaks come at a nice time for us here. I was talking about this this morning and working, looking at the fixtures, just having a, a chat about where players might play. You could easily imagine, couldn't you, that one or two might suddenly develop a you know slightly swing or something like that and, and miss a couple of weeks. Do you think? Yeah, but, it, but yeah, well, that's, well, Rob, I was at it, so it's Trent. I was, I did literally say Robertson done it last time, so it's definitely Trent's turn this time round. Um, I just had I think, this one. I think Brazil are playing Senegal in um, Singapore. Singapore, aren't they? And then Brazil play again on Sunday, but then Senegal have got a game in, in, in the Friday before we play United. Um, is it just one Senegal game, I think? No, there's two Senegal games. One he's not eligible for. One's this other tournament, and one's that one, Jake. Tournament. Yeah. yeah, and I was looking at that on the Friday, and I was thinking I'd quite like Liverpool to be able to say, you know, Sadio Mane, he's got a, you know, 
any grown toenail or something and you can't go. Um, he's you just can, got the one. Just Robert's passport. No, there's two games. The, no, but he's the, the other one's, so the other one's the African Nations Championship, which is where only players who play from Senegal, they have to play in the Senegalese League to be able to play in oh, it. That's and it's fine then. What am I worrying about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> toenails are fine. They're absolutely yeah, fine. Well, yeah, it's, it's just because of toenails, lads. Amazing. Uh, but for me, knows the one he but drops. But I think, I th- I think, I th- yeah. Well, I think, I think you'll be having conversations with the the, the, the national teams. You'd imagine, wouldn't you, to say, mm. you know, don't be running our lads into the ground. Um, at this stage, otherwise you might find in the future they will have these injuries. But I think he then he comes back for United. He plays the eleven. You know, Trent. I think Gomez comes back in for United uh, or Matter. But uh, but I think then Liverpool are saying to themselves right after that, it's it's starting to alternate. It's yeah. Gomez. Gomez will play full back for the well, game or two. Milner might play full back somewhere. You rest Robertson and Trent that way. I think he needs to to look at his midfield. Uh, we need a bit of light in midfield just to, just to, just to give some of the lads a blow. I don't think it'll come against United, but I think you can easily see that for the games, the f- four, five, six games that follow across all competitions, not one of them midfields will be the same. If it was me, I'd be looking to play. Basically, I'd be saying to Fabinho, "You're only playing weekends, um, and we'll, we'll make it work against Genk, and we'll make it work. Obviously, in the League Cup, you're only playing weekends for me uh, for the next. Well, I don't. I, I, I think lots of them don't play in the League Cup. Yeah, I think oh, Genk, yeah, yeah. you change. I think you play Lovren yeah. and stuff like that. You, you you maybe change your formations just to give different lads a, a run out and, and rest their legs. Brazil's two games, by the way, are both in Singapore. They have a yeah. game against Nigeria on Sunday, um, Sunday which starts at kicks off at one pm our time. So, so the second one, yeah. yeah so that gives them a, fair so a lot bit of recovery because we don't play till the Sunday. Exactly. There's a lot of time for them to get back and get looked after in their but legs are worth thinking about as part of the bigger picture uh, the bigger picture we are the bigger picture all of a sudden uh, it's fantastic to see we started it off talking about it uh, Rob there is yeah. a little thing here now where suddenly City City are just I've just removed from themselves room to manoeuvre nothing's over here City are more than capable of winning the next 15 games we know that because this City team has twice in two consecutive seasons gone on runs where they win over 15 games so we know they can do it we know they can come to Anfield and beat us but they have given themselves a lot less room for manoeuvre between now and the next 30 matches that follow. Yeah, we've got them where we want them, let's be right. Of course, we'd had them there at Christmas and we know that we know they're very... We went on to do... Ex- if you take, if you rewind the clock back to when we had that seven-point lead and you said Liverpool will get these points from here on in, you'd go, sweet, we'll win this league with about eight to spare. City just did ridiculous things and they're still capable of doing that. Um, it's nice to see signs of vulnerability. When they last had their wobble... They had a bedrock of wins behind them. Now they've only got they're only running at a two point average on eight, on uh, on eight games in. It's beginning. It looks a little habit form. The, the you know, falling off 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 the cliff at, at Norwich and now against Wolves, beginning to look a little habit forming. Might kid ourselves. I think it goes. I think it goes two ways now. I think City either do they either they either get themselves back in it. They beat us at Anfield. They they become their, their true selves. But there's another possibility no one really wants to talk about. They're all going as well. We maintain an eight-point lead. Liverpool could seriously pull away here. We're running if we're running at an eight-point lead after eight games, it could be for something remarkable by Christmas. And I think that's what Jurgen Klopp is, is saying to them. I think he's going <laughs> to, to paraphrase Gerard Hulia, the four games from greatness thing. Let's just go and pick up six points against Tottenham and United when people expect us to drop. Let's go and beat Villa and then set ourselves up to make City virtually a title clincher. Because if we get to that game and beat City and having won those previous three, a lot of ifs all over the place here, I think Liverpool will be looking down the barrel of having 12 point plus lead by then. Yeah, and I think that that, that lead at Christmas didn't <clears throat> feel. As massive as this, well, they had a game in hand for one. Exactly, they had a game in hand, and for me, and it it's the and, well, I mean, they didn't. It wasn't in hand, but we were going to the Etihad. Right. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the, the the manner in which they've been beaten this season is also the, 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 quite telling for me because mm. if you think back, and I, I'm thinking back to a time when I was probably quite either drunk slash hungover, but um, their game against Newcastle last year, they. If I'm if I'm remembering rightly, they Newcastle got really lucky in that game to get that second goal, and City by right should have probably won or drawn that game, and the Crystal Palace was just it was a wonder goal that won them that game. Whereas they've been systematically, wholeheartedly beaten in those two games against Norwich and against um, Wolves the other day. So I feel like the they're, they're setting themselves up to just not be considered quite so untouchable. I don't think teams are going to be going into them feeling like they're 2-0 down before they've even kicked the ball. So I think that that is a, a a big contributor. And I think that heading into, what, January 2nd last year when we played City, everyone was a bit like, 
oh, sh- this is this is a desire to this, this is a desire to this. is so early in the season that it might feel like it is, but it'll feel much bigger for them than it is for us. I think we're sorry, I'll just one final point. I think we're seeing the Sane factor here. I, yeah. I was desperate for him to leave in the summer. I mean, getting the injury was just as good as... No, you, you know what I mean? But he's been a big... He was their break glass. He was their reason they could give Raheem Sterling a game to have a little rest. They could bring him on and he would find them. Even that game, actually, they lose against Palace last season. Mm. I think he comes on in that and threatens to yeah. save it for a period of time. You combine that with the fact that they've lost, uh, mm. well, they, they've suddenly been exposed as a team that if you go at them, they're, they're in trouble. The combination of those factors has really weakened them. I, I think, go, sorry, Jay, I was going to say, I think I think that's it. I think teams now smell blood. I think Wolves mm. smelled blood yesterday. Yeah. Yes. There's a fragility to City at the back. I think you can absolutely get at them. Neil's point's right, of course, he could go and win 14 and 15 on the spin, and it's just one of them. They've got the capability to do that, they've got the players to do that. But I think teams will look at them slightly differently now. And I think, you know, the games they've got coming up, some of them are fairly easy, but Palace away on a Saturday at R5 is no gimme. It's no gimme at all. And they're in a situation now where Liverpool have turned the screw and they've not met that challenge and they're in a predicament where they just they now can't slip again. The pressure is mounting. And I think Guardiola's given himself a, a, a huge problem by not backing up that area of uh, the, the pitch in terms of the defence. Otamendi, as he's never been a player, and he continues to make mistakes. I mean, he's out false for for at least one of the goals yesterday. So I think City now have got I've got really big problems in the back four. It's worth saying though, Jay, and amongst all of this, and this is the thing I would be saying: they showed unbelievable character and resolve in the second half of last season. To have gone on the run, they go on after the, uh, the dropping points against Newcastle. It was genuinely tremendous, and it wasn't all glorious football. It wasn't sweeping people aside. There was a lot of one nils. Guardiola's Gua- 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 the manager he is because he can he can give them a message. He'll have been saying to them, "Look at this. Everyone thinks it's Liverpool. Everyone's writing the story of Liverpool, and that's what we've got to be careful of here. Is that he's not saying the same thing now. Everyone and he's done it. He's starting to talk about Liverpool. This isn't." a mistake this isn't Guardiola losing it this isn't like the media narrative the idea that Guardiola's gone mad now look he's talking about us it's intentional that's a message for his players his players are you know the professionals they they know they've done this before themselves literally last season literally last season they will be talking about this they will be saying look at them they think it's theirs let us just go on our own let us just come under the radar let us just come from behind let everyone talk about Liverpool out in front let us keep that gap at 8 points and then Liverpool will draw and then it's 6 let it stay at 6 for a few weeks and then it's 5 that's what he'll be saying to his mm. players he'll be telling his players we don't need to catch them by Christmas we've got to catch them by May I think he'll be, I think he'll be he saying to his players Jay you're going to go to Anfield and win and then and we'll see where we are after that but Phil, you're going to go to Phil, Anfield Phil Bundle said this on, on Twitter yesterday people were talking about it and it is great and we should take it and we will take any of these leads we can but, you know, it's two City wins against Liverpool. Yeah. It's two City wins against Liverpool. And before you know it, all our backs are to be gone because we'll have thrown an eight-point lead away. So we've got to be very careful that we don't talk it up too much as well because it is but, only a couple of performances. So, you know, we we should enjoy it, but but let's not think that City are out by any stretch. Mm. This, I think the fascinating thing is something Ian's just said there about City, though, is they, they still look at threat. They still got the goals, of you know, the, the goals. But defensively is the... I've I, I seen them against Norwich and I've seen the goals uh, yesterday. The similarity mm. to the goals they can see, they're exposed, they're left short, two centre-halves, and they just get past, you know, between two forwards and they don't know what to do, they can't tackle, they, they look like they're a bit, they look like they've lost a bit in midfield, I think, and I don't know whether it's because Rod, I, I thought Rodsley played well against us in the charity shield, but I don't know whether he's not offering the same as Fernandinho, and they can't bring Fernandinho back in because of his age or his legs. I just wonder if they leave themselves. The they used to, they used to be able to let their full-backs get forward and know their two centre-halves are going to do the job because Fernandinho would be with them. And I just wonder if, looking at some of their goals, they think it's themselves, have we just got a bit of a soft belly now? And and City's, you know, they, their attack usually keeps teams pinned back, but if you can withstand City for 30, 40 minutes, you know, they're at the Etihad, the fans are suddenly getting anxious, the players will wonder what they've got to do to score. And now they'll be mm. thinking... We can always concede now, and that'll change their mentality a little bit. I think one of the things Fernandinho gives you when he's in the middle of the park is those tactical fouls. So you mm. don't really get onto the defence that often because he he's pulling people back, he's bringing people down in areas of the pitch where he might get a yellow, he might not. He often gets away with it. All of a sudden, he's found himself in the back four. So it's a, it's a, it's a big change for City. I don't think anyone in our camp is thinking it's done and dusted. I'm certainly not. The manager right. won't be thinking that. The players won't be thinking that. But they have got to come to Anfield now and probably win that game. And that's 
that plays into our hands a little bit. They've got to come and have a go at us. Last season, the game at Anfield was weird. It was the weird game of football. Uh, and Guardiola was very weathered to the fact that he wasn't going to come and open himself up. He's got to do a little bit more now. Because if the points stay the same as Rob said, then they're under huge pressure going into that match. I, I think it depends. I think if Liverpool keep winning, I think he's saying, let's just draw. And if they if they keep winning, he's like, let's come to Anfield and get a draw. Don't get knocked out. Let's, here. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah. And my again, my mate in work, he's, he's an Evertonian, but he was saying this. He said if he if he sees Liverpool still being on the run and with the gap we've got, well, before the weekend, and we play City and beat them, he's like, that's it, done for City. He thinks, but you know, if City, if if that gap stays the same or we drop points between now and then, and City beats us or Guardiola will be coming for a draw at that game regardless unless, they, unless they've lost a couple of games or dropped more points significantly but if, if City win all of their games Guardiola's coming to Anfield for a draw because he'll be saying let's just stop the juggernaut let's prove to because that's the same thing that's happened with us we often say this when other teams you know we're watching on a Sunday when it does matter we're all saying you know I hope everybody else is watching this I hope, I hope everyone's watched Wolves and shown that City can be beaten we've, when we've relied on other teams and Guardiola will be saying that Guardiola will be saying well this is how you stop Liverpool you be organised and if we can come here and play for the draw because we're, and we're Man City you can come here and try and play for the draw and hold on against them and that's what they will you know that that's what he'll be looking for he'll just want to slow Liverpool's uh, juggernaut down Excellent stuff uh, thank you very much to Jay to Ian to Siobhan and to Rob it has been the Anfield Rap this week in association with The Athletic it's theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap to sign up for all of their coverage excellent pieces on where Manchester City are going wrong on there if you want to get them and where Liverpool are going right from James Pearce uh, lots and lots of bits and pieces on there for you to have a read of listen Liverpool find themselves eight points clear but there is absolutely nothing done yet there's still a hell of a long way to go 30 games in Manchester City let's make be absolutely crystal clear to this Manchester City are capable of winning 28 of them Sports Social Podcast Network